to clarify, your mom my is the mother. one that suggested She regrets this to it you. now after my winter horror stories, but <laughs> 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 but um, but she did. She brought it up to me, and I looked at her like she was absolutely insane. Uh-huh. I was like, "Are you crazy? <laughs> I would never be a drug driver." Buckle up! You're listening to Terminal Exchange. Hey there, everyone. I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 13 of Terminal Exchange. It is a great time to be here at Newsbomb. There is so much to celebrate and anticipate as we continue to grow both in size and in excellence. So towards the end of 2018, we announced plans to expand our office space that would allow for continued growth and to also make room for new and exciting opportunities for training and interaction with each other. And just this month, we were able to purchase some additional land across from the road from our terminals uh, tractor trailer lot. So this lot is about 22 acres and uh, will be used as additional parking space for both tractors and trailers. Our hopes are to begin work right away in April to start making use of this property as soon as possible. Excited to have that opportunity and to uh, alleviate some of the uh, tightness of, of our spaces currently in the other lot. And then in February, uh, we announced that Nussbaum had been named a best fleet to drive for by Carrier's Edge and TCA for the fifth consecutive year. This last week at the TCA conference in Las Vegas, they announced an overall winner in both small and large fleet categories. Here's some cell phone audio from that award presentation. Peers in the large carrier category, these com- companies continue to find new ways to make life better for their drivers. One company, however, has gone above and beyond, and they're our best overall fleet for small carrier. This year's best overall fleet in the small carrier category is not afraid to test new ideas and is well known in here, here in TCA, regularly drawing media and industry attention for its efforts. Ladies and gentlemen, Please join us in recognizing the winner of the best workplace experience in the small carrier category, Newsbomb Transportation. Represented by Brad Newsbomb. Thank you. I'd like to begin by recognizing all the fleets in this room for all the time and effort uh, that they put forth on uh, our behalf of all of our drivers in this industry every day. I want to thank the Truck Code Carriers Association, Carriers Edge, and DMC Insurance for sponsoring this award, the time and effort they put into it. Uh, Our industry is better today, much better today because of it. I want to offer a special thank you to all the Newsbomb employee owners who make our company a success and a best fleet to drive for every day. And finally, I'd like to dedicate this award to my parents. Alden and Tilly Newsbaum, my uh, father who founded Newsbaum in 1945 and went home to be with the Lord 40 years ago, and my mother who just went to her eternal home three weeks ago at the age of 93. Throughout our 74-year history, they taught seven children about the importance of faith, perseverance, integrity, and how to value people. My father's favorite expression was, if you take care of your people, everything else will take care of itself. 
But had it been for their example, I wouldn't be here today accepting this award. But thank you for this award today. How great is that? That, that is so awesome and humbling to be recognized like that. And I also appreciate Brent's dedication of this award to his late parents, Alden and Tilly Newsbaum, uh, both of whom founded this company uh, together and really brought Newsbaum to to where it is here uh, along with Brent. And I know both of them were, were very special to Brent, his brother, and, and all of his sisters uh, there. So I thought that was a really, really nice dedication as well. I want to echo Brent in recognizing all of our Newsbomb employee owners for making Newsbomb such a great place to work. Thank you, everyone, for your efforts to take ownership and to care for and support one another. Like I said earlier, this really is a great time to be at Newsbomb. You should be proud to celebrate our success and growth. But I want to challenge everyone not to rest on past accomplishments, but rather to continue moving forward as though we have it all to lose. If we maintain a mindset of continual improvement, regardless of how small that may be, may seem, we will always be a best fleet to drive for. Before we get into our feature exchange, I'm sitting down with Newsbomb maintenance technician, Jake Gray. Jake is the 40X team leader of our second shift shop crew, and this team includes all of our second shift technicians as well as a couple maintenance coordinators in the office. Jake's team is working in tandem with the day shift team to implement a new check-in process for equipment maintenance. So Jake, uh, could you start off explaining maybe what your team is doing and and how this project is looking for you guys? It's looking pretty well. I mean, uh, so far we're implementing new pro- new uh, ideas to the process every day just to, because, you know, back before the process was even a thing, it was always a, a cluster just to try and figure out what, uh, <laughs> what was going on with a certain truck or even a trailer repair just because... We didn't know proper leave-out times or, you know, if the driver was on a hot load or something like that. <laughs> but uh, now that we're actually asking questions and we're getting a cert- an actual checklist written down so everybody follows it, including not just the technicians, but also the maintenance coordinators and even some of the drivers, <laughs> just to ask them certain questions like, you know, when are you leaving out? And then also trying to figure out when they want to go to bed so that if the if we know the repairs are going to take too long, we can send them to a hotel so they can get some sleep for the night. And then also, um, like, figure out of like what is the right yeah the right time that when they need to leave like if they need to leave that night like if they only got like they got eight hours of drive time they only got two hours for us yeah. to work on that truck yeah and so like with that too if they've got say five issues um, but you're limited in time you can kind of triage those issues and maybe take care of the most important things right now that are that are necessary to get him back on the road and then work on rescheduling you know another visit yes definitely because we want to focus on like dot issues is number one with us always talk about how how important the communication is from uh, the driver pre-arrival to the shop (laughs) it's very important because i mean like say if they find an issue with their truck like say their tires are chunking out so say this happens on a monday he calls into the shop office and he makes an appointment with one of the guys um, he makes an appointment for, say, Friday when he's going to come in. He sets the date, sets the time, uh, roughly when he'll be there. Mm-hmm. And then what the guys in the office want to happen is call ahead and see if they have any other issues so mm-hmm. that we can add them. And then we can get a proper idea of how much time it's going to take to repair everything. Yeah. I, I, ideally, you're sending the truck back out on the road with everything addressed. I mean, if that truck's here, you want to get as much taken care of as possible while you have time with it, right? Exactly. 
with that then too, uh, are, are the maintenance coordinators then working with operations, with the driver managers and load planners to make sure that the hours and everything are addressed and figure out that you know, when leave out and needs are uh, happening, that that's all being taken care of and, and discussed and communicated. Absolutely. So I know you've touched on it a little bit here, but uh, so your team's goal is to promote process adoption here. And you mentioned that you're still continuing to develop, uh, but uh, you've walked through some of that uh, proper process. But what are some of the things that you're doing uh, to help facilitate that and make sure that the process is being adopted? Well, uh, mainly there's some things that I've been doing. I've been working with uh, everybody in the shop, not not just second shift, and also mm-hmm. working with first shift because it's, it's a team effort. Yeah, right? It's all a yeah. team effort. It doesn't matter what team you are. We're all a team yeah. in this thing. And um just trying to figure out, you know, ways we can make this better so we can make it easier on ourselves during every work day we're in here and make it easier on not just, you know, not just the techs, not just the coordinators, but also dispatch and um, operations just so, you know, it's smooth. I mean, the reality is that, you know, as a working shop here in-house, there's there's a lot of trucks and trailers coming in and out of here. Trying to have a handle on, on schedules is going to be pretty key to allowing drivers to keep moving efficiently and spend as little time down as possible. Well, yeah, we always try to make sure that they're happy, they're out there on the road safe, and that, you know, that they'll make it home to their families okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jake, thanks so much. And I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see, I know we're early in this process of setting this up. We're, we've been in, in the growing mode here. And so it's, it's good to see this getting into into place. Probably would have been nice to have had this a couple of years ago, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's happening now. And uh, I'm sure we'll see it continue to develop and become even more streamlined and, and widely adopted here. So appreciate everything that your team's doing and, and the rest of the shop guys out there. I appreciate your work. And uh, thanks for helping our drivers. Thank you for having me here, Phil. In this week's feature exchange, we're finishing up our series of spotlights on Newspawn Performance Coaches with our aptly titled Prodigy, Maya Hernandez. Maya is such a fun personality, and she's she's also real and honest. And even in her young age and short experience of driving, she really shows a maturity that's beyond her years. I had a lot of fun talking with Maya, and I'm excited to share our conversation with you. So without any further ado, here is Newspawn Performance Coach and Driver, the prodigy, Maya Hernandez. Maya, we've been talking here for a little bit already before we hit yeah. record, but uh, thanks for sitting here uh, with me. And You're welcome. It's a comfortable chair. We've been talking about uh, phones and iPhones and mm-hmm. Apple Watches and stuff, which we could talk all day about that stuff. At least <laughs> I could, uh, but we'll move on to some more important stuff here. Okay. But, uh, so, Maya, uh, you are one of our new performance coaches. Yeah. This is your second day in the office, officially yeah. in that position. Mm-hmm. So, tell me just briefly how's that going so far um i'm really enjoying it uh it's nice it's a change in scenery which i like get to say hi to some office people here and there and um honestly it's been really interesting and fun getting to know the drivers and some of them like rick gave me a list to call and he's like well one of them is 
you know, I gave each of you a little bit more difficult of a driver. And um, I was like, okay. And I kept asking him, who is it? Who is it? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. You just have to call them. (laughs) Don't you? He's out to get me. And um, so I made, you know, my all my calls on him they were all so pleasant <laughs> and he goes that's so irritating <laughs> it's just rick it's, it's rick that's all it is <laughs> i was like it's quite honestly probably just because i'm a girl and it's, sometimes it's just easier to talk to certain people and i don't know yeah but, no that's that's absolutely true now give yeah. it a few months here and things may change a little Balls bit are like, they'll probably be like stop calling me <laughs> no but i'm really enjoying it i've uh some drivers just like it short and sweet. You talk to them about whatever it is, your purpose of calling them. Mm-hmm. I think what we've focused on the first, for all of us as performance coaches, the first two days is just introducing ourselves, who mm-hmm. we are, um, and things like that. So it's it's been good. I had one driver after he found out I'd only worked like a year and a couple months. <laughs> He's still nice, very nice guy, but you could tell it was just like, oh, you know, done talking to you, but he didn't say it. You can just tell in their voices, right? When they're just like, okay, well, you know, but for the most part, and he was a great guy too, but they've just all been really fun to talk Mm -hmm. to and get to hear about their personal lives a little bit and, um, stuff like that. So it's just, it's just really fun. I'm enjoying it so far. So, so far, so good. <laughs> that's good. Nobody's ranked me over the coals yet. So. <laughs> well, I imagine that's probably one of the toughest challenges is just your, I'll use air quotes here, inexperience right. in, in driving. Right. So I'm going to just challenge our drivers here real quick to not let that be a hang up yeah. in, in the coaching process. Right. right. Well, I guess the way I look at it is they, and they, they went over this in our last podcast, but the reason why they picked each and every one of us. And, you know, there's tons more drivers that could do the same thing as I'm doing, but they picked who they did. And for whatever reasons that was, whether it was experience or different in perspective or, you know, things like that, mine would, like we said in the last, last time I grew up, in newsbum and still maybe I'm a newsbum toddler now instead of a baby. <laughs> you're, you're up in the walker stage now. Right. But um so I, I have the benefit of I think of understanding the scorecard a little bit more and what mm-hmm. the habits entail and um smart drive because and you know some of the drivers I had talked to had started at Newsbum several, several years ago, left for a little bit and then came back. This is not the same news bomb technology wise that it was 10, 15 years Mm -hmm. ago, you know, we've made ton of advancements. And so it's beneficial to have, you know, newer drivers that come in here and learn on that so that, you know, so you get a driver that comes back and they don't know how they're supposed to succeed via habit scores. They have the upper hand to be able to give insight to that. And, I get to learn from them too. They mm-hmm. can tell me yeah. what their tips and tricks are and, you know, things and experiences that they have gone through that I haven't. And so, um, it's all about our attitudes. Yeah. That's probably the yeah. biggest thing. I mean, <laughs> you can have a good attitude about it or you can have a bad attitude yeah. about it. So, and I like in some of that too, just the idea of the, the, the grandparent or whatever that's, that makes the comment, well, I'll have my 10 year old grandson help me get this set up or whatever. Yeah. There, there, there is some similarity to that, but at the same time, if you are, if you're willing to learn 
from that person who's grown up right. with the process, with right. the technology, then there can be a lot to be gained. But also, as you mentioned, yeah. in return, there's a lot you can share right. as the seasoned veteran back with those coming in that are, that are newer. Yeah, for sure. Everything is constantly evolving and constantly changing, and you can either choose to not do that or you can choose to change your attitude a little bit about it and Newsbomb doesn't do these things for themselves I mean part of it fuel savings Mm -hmm. you know it's a company of course it's going to want to save fuel but at the same time we focus a lot on safety and that's not just for our insurance that's not just for Newsbomb that's for the driver I mean you think about you know people some people aren't thrilled about cameras well I get that, and I was a little nervous about it when I learned about it coming into Newsbaum, but, you know, it it's there to protect you. It's not there to slap mm-hmm. you on the hand. And you shouldn't, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you shouldn't be worried about it. No. You know, so. And certainly not being used to spy in on or no, anything like that. No, Because they don't even not. have the ability to do that. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, so. I was talking to Rick a little bit about this earlier. I think with some of the drivers that are older and they have a ton of experience, um, when they come to a company that has driving habits and whatnot that require them to change their driving style a little bit and they're getting calls from us, mm-hmm. driving is their identity. They've been driving for yeah. 15, 20, 30 years, however long it's been. They don't, they identify as a truck driver. So when you start critiquing some of the habits, I think sometimes they can take that as a personal attack on them as a person because they identify as this truck driver. And so instead of viewing it as, oh, they're just trying to help me, I can make more money doing this, you know, it benefits everybody. They take it as, well, they're pretty much calling me a crappy driver and that's attacking me as a person and I don't appreciate it. So I'm not going to pay attention even to the scorecard if they're going to criticize me like that. And I wish that... Um, they could view it as wanting to help more than critique. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talked to another driver today and I was just like, whether you've been driving a year or 20 years, there's never a day where we don't stop learning Mm -hmm. and there's always room for improvement. I have been platinum for a long time and then I dropped out of it the last Mm -hmm. two months just because the month of November, um, I was doing a lot of falling too closely. I wanted to get home. My mind wasn't in the game. My mind wasn't in driving and I was ready to get back home. And that completely altered how I, how I drove and whether you realize it or not, it comes back in data. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's coming up. January was great last this past month because my head's back in the game and I'm still enjoying my home time without thinking about getting back home. So, um, all about your mindset. Yeah. The, the mindset and the attitude coming into it is, is yeah. huge. Yeah. And I bring that up too, just so that people know that when I'm calling them, it's not because I have perfect scores all the time. It's not about perfect scores. It's about how can you improve mm-hmm. and seeing the changes in your driving habits based on how your life is going and what you're going through. So I'm not perfect. And there's tons of things that I need to work on every day that sometimes I forget about, but 
they come back and there's things that I can look at and I can change it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it get better and better again. So (laughs) going back to platinum (laughs) next month, so or this month, so that'll be good. Good. Well, you know, and what I think I see there is, you know, evidence that we're all human. Yeah, for sure. We all have things going on and our head's not always going to be in the game. Right. But two, with you, there's empathy there. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've, you know what it what it's like yeah. to have other things going on right. that affect your what you're doing right now. Yeah. And you can identify with that with another driver regardless of their experience. Right. It, coming from you versus and I'll just say versus Rick. Right. You know, there there's a definite connection there yeah. that you get to have. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've experienced that in conversations already too cuz you're like, "Oh, you're a driver. You know what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about." So they're already verbally affirming that so they awesome. appreciate that a driver is coming and talking to them and one I guess had made a suggestion about um drivers calling instead and he's like, "I'm glad to see that like they <laughs> They kind of thought about it and they brought somebody that's a driver into the office, you mm-hmm. know, for a certain period of time. So it's it's nice to get those reactions. At the same time, I feel bad because I'm like, I'm taking away from, you know, Jeremy and Rick because they still know what they're doing. It's not like they don't just because you don't sit behind the wheel, mm-hmm. but it does make you more relatable and um not that I enjoyed my scores dropping at all, because I don't, and I'm a very competitive person, so I try to beat myself every month, and I've got a couple other drivers that are about my age that I like to ruffle their feathers a little bit and say that I'm better than them, even though I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Um, but I'm thankful to a certain extent that I did get to see how they dropped, why they did, Mm-hmm. And that does make me, I think, a little bit more relatable, too, because you're like, oh, she's not perfect, which, ladies and gentlemen, I'm definitely not. So, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's right. And the fact that you're able to use that as a learning experience yeah, is, sure. is so valuable. But Maya, how how did you come about getting into trucking to begin with? Or, and maybe we back up even further than that. I know there's... We've heard your story a little bit in the past, so start wherever you think makes sense here. Oh, my goodness. Um, You you did not intend to to be a truck driver. I mean, when I was four years old, I definitely did not tell my mom that I wanted to be a truck driver. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My mom has always been a nurse and in that specifically and like, you know, OB and delivering babies and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I definitely grew up wanting to be a little mom and carry my little dolls around and like your typical girl. And uh, my dad's a computer software engineer. So I get very antsy and my dreams change all the time, sometimes, um, especially when I was younger. So I wanted to be a nurse and then a photographer and then a photojournalist and then a computer software engineer and then, (laughs) you know, travel, travel person. And um, when you grow up, you do have to start getting more realistic about your dreams (laughs) a little bit. And so um, I'd gone to... ICC, and before that, I got my CNA, so um, a certified nurse's assistant, and I worked at the hospital um, in Peoria for about two and a half years. So 
a year and a half, year and three quarters of that was spent on adult medical specialty. So most of our patients were anywhere from 80 to, or 80, 18 to, you know, up to the point that, yeah. yeah. And so um, the average age, I want to say, was between 50 and 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of older folks, but that taught me a lot too. And I, I really enjoyed that. But I love babies. Love babies. <laughs> so I'd wanted to get onto OB and I ended up getting a job. Same same hospital, but with postpartum. And I was loving that. So my brilliant self was like, let's work third shift full time and also go to nursing school full time. That sounds like a great idea. And I was up, you know, over 40 hours at a time sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, going from 12 hour work night shift to classes during the day and then homework. And I think we all have to be real with ourselves. And I had to ask myself, you know, do I see myself being a nurse for the rest of my life? And it doesn't mean that you're stuck on one particular floor. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't advance and get more degrees and get higher up there, even do like hospital management or things like that. But I think if you're going to do something, you need to be passionate about it. And I just couldn't see myself doing that long, long term. And, um, that kind of sucked because I'd set myself up for this. I'd already started paying school bills. You know, you get into that and come out with like starting from scratch. And so, uh, after that I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I started nannying for this family and I'd been a part-time babysitter for them over the course of, you know, two, two and a half years. And then I went full time for them. Um, and I was getting her, you know, my five days a week, 10 hours a day. And it was awesome. And I adore her. And, uh, but then, you know, kids need to socialize. So they started sending her to preschool and hours get less. And I was like, well, I'm 22 years old and I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, which I guess is some millennials nightmare sometimes, I guess. <laughs> Did you have a crisis point in there? You all? know, I've had a mid-20s, uh, <laughs> early-20s crisis, and that I, so I became a truck driver, so that was it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so Maya is mid-crisis right now. <laughs> right. No, I'm just kidding. But so I, I'm at the point, I was at the point where I didn't know what I wanted to do, and just giving it up to the Lord because ultimately he is in control and we do the best that we can every day and he makes up the difference. And so I was praying about that and giving that up to the Lord. And, um, one day my mom came up to me and my uncle, um, Jason Van Bieber, shout out to Jason. Shout out Jason. (laughs) (laughs) He mentioned to my mom, you know, have you ever, you know, asked her if she'd want to be a truck driver? And she's like, oh, that's interesting. So she, she brought it up to me. She goes, my, have you ever thought about truck driving? To clarify, your mom is the one that She regrets it now after my winter horror stories, but, (laughs) 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 but, um, but she did, she brought it up to me and I looked at her like she was absolutely insane. Uh I was like, are you crazy? (laughs) I would never be a drug driver because there's that negative stigma around it and like what you think the typical drug driver looks like. And I mean, I wish that wasn't in place, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And, um. I had to pause for a sec. So you know, a couple of days later, I was thinking about it. I'd researched it online and 
I was like, all right. So I started praying about it. And without, within a week, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a truck driver. And I signed up for classes at ICC uh-huh. on a Monday or Tuesday. Following Wednesday, I or I called on a Tuesday. I got in touch with Tian. And uh, I was like, hey, I don't know if you pre-hire or not. But if you don't, I'd still love to tour your facility and come in and interview. And immediately she was like, don't worry we'll get you hired. I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So that same week I came, I met Tian and I talked with her. I got to talk to, uh, Gary and Mitch. Mm -hmm. So they were great to talk to. And I came in at like a, a really nice black blouse with dress pants and my little high heels on. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you, I remember actually you being in here that day um, because I, I walked up to Tian afterwards because I thought I don't remember them, you know, announcing any positions being yeah. available here in the office or anything. Because I'm assuming that you're right. interviewing for something in the office, right? And so I was just asking like who that is, and Tian's like, oh, she's looking at her uh, finishing program. Everything I'm like. Nah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> yep, hair was curled, makeup was totally done. And I mean, I came to dress to impress. I was ready for it. So um, she pre-hired me. And I don't know if this is true or not, um, but she said I was one of the first pre-hires that they'd had before I had even mm-hmm. completed um, the CDL program at that's, ICC. That's probably true. So that I was like floored by that. Um, and everything just went so smoothly. I, everything, I couldn't have asked it to go more smoothly. And to me, that was the Lord saying, I've got you. I'm taking care of you. It might seem unconventional. It's not what you grew up dreaming that you wanted to be, but I know my plans for you. And I remember sitting in the car, like crying, being like, I'm going to be a truck driver, but it wasn't sad tears. It was just super happy because it just worked out so flawlessly. And, um, I met Darla. <laughs> so you, you, you had a, a great opportunity to train with some really experienced yeah, people. Yeah, definitely. So, so we'll just, I guess, start at CDL school. I learned in a 10-speed manual transmission older than dirt truck (laughs) and I wasn't terrible. (laughs) I actually out of the four of us, I was I guess better than the other three guys that were and my teachers outright told me that and that's not to toot my own horn but that was thank you. (laughs) That was it was literally, it was humbling to me because I was like, how am I good at this? And so um I even had, so, you know, we go to our final CDL testing and they'll take points off if you do, you know, certain things and whatnot. So this other 21 year old guy was in my class and he's like, I bet I beat you. And I was like, we'll see about that. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) And I didn't get to see him after we'd all gotten our CDLs because we all passed. Um, but my instructor told me, just so you know, you beat him by four points. And I was like, hey, I knew that I did. <laughs> I was excited about that. So then, yeah, so the noose bomb opportunity. And I truly like to call it the noose bomb opportunity because no other company is like noose bomb at all. And I knew that from the second I walked in for my first interview to be driving here. And it's definitely a 
driver caring mentality from everybody in the office. And it started with TN and everybody else that I came in contact with and just the atmosphere here. Um, so I met Darla and they're like, I remember the ramp up to meeting her. They're like, oh, she's, she's Darla. You're, <laughs> she's Darla. <laughs> she's, there's she's no Darla. other way to describe her. <laughs> we I'm, love Darla. I'm telling you, that woman has been my rock, my mama bird when it comes to trucking. Uh, she's always looked out for me. Mm-hmm. She'll wrestle a bear for me if she had to. Uh, I believe that 100%. She would. That's just her personality. So I got to learn what it's like to be a female driver out on the road Mm -hmm. and learn some of her tips and her tricks and to work smart, not hard. We don't have the muscle always to work hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to think about it for a second. Um, And I've had my fair share of working hard, not smart moments too. (laughs) Yeah, it happens Um, to the best of us. So she just was such an instrument and tool in helping the driving portion and um, mountain driving and just awesome. And then I'll mention another driver, AJ Edgington has also been like, I guess my other parent of, of driving. And he has helped me a lot with fuel savings and scorecard and habits. Mm -hmm. And if you want to talk to somebody that knows their stuff, that is the guy to talk to. And, uh, he helped mold me too. So I like to, just like with all of our parents, we have a little bit of our dad, we have a little bit of our mom and then we're our own person. And I think that's where my driving has fell into place is I have a little bit of each of them with me all the Mm -hmm. time and their knowledge. And then there's me in there (laughs) a little bit. So, um, yeah. So that's, that's my story. I, I love those two here. people that you mentioned, Darla and then AJ. And I know AJ is constantly offering up. If you need help going through this, just give me a call. I'll be glad to see. He doesn't want to do a you. podcast and he's going to kill me next time I talk to him after he hears <laughs> that. But if you're a good AJ, person if you're listening, it. I will be coming to you. I love you. <laughs> so that's that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So. So now, kind of switching gears, you, yeah. you I'm going to segue this. You, can segue. you mentioned being part of both of your parents. Yeah. So you got Darla and AJ, but your your actual parents. Yeah. Uh, you were kind of starting to tell me just a little bit about uh, the story there with your dad, and just to look at you, Maya, and tell yeah. you, you know you've got some other little ethnicity brown girl. to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not, you know, Eastern or Western European and yeah. everything. So, right. Tell me a little bit about your background. Oh, I could not brag more about my parents. Um, I tell them that, that I brag on them a lot. And they have asked me before, you know, if there's is there anything about our parenting that, that you would have changed? And quite honestly, my answer is no. They have loved me and provided for me and supported me. They're just amazing. So my dad um, grew up in a stick hut with dirt floors in South Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Um, and his dad was a farmer and they don't have a lot of education there. Um, but he would work for his dad in the field during the day. Didn't have a pair of shoes, would walk miles on really hot pavement, dirt, barefooted. He, he was talking, I always enjoy listening to some of his stories because he talked about there was one kid in school that had gel pens and that was 
like their parents were so wealthy because wow. they could afford pens. And, you know, he had this tiny little pencil and um, things like that. So he would work for his dad during the day. And then at nighttime, he would he'd go to school and day in and day out. And he's one of seven kids. He has five wow. sisters and a brother. Um, all of them are in Guatemala. And he, my dad does not have the mentality that everybody else does sometimes. Not he he's definitely if you talk about go getter that's him um he so he eventually in his teens 17 18 decided he he wanted a better life for himself and most i think immigrants that come for that purpose always also think about their family mm -hmm. um so immigration is always an interesting yeah. topic because I, I have both sides and yeah. I understand both sides, the American side and the immigrant side. Um, so that always makes for interesting yeah. conversation. Yeah. But um, he crossed over and when you're in Mexico, you know how we have different accents when we speak, you know, British accents or whatever mm -hmm. in the English language, they have different accents in Spanish. So, okay. um, going into Mexico, he didn't have papers. And so he had to have this Mexican, Mexican accent. And huh. so he crossed over in the back of a banana truck cause he had been working for a banana plantation. And, uh, some of them got caught that were on there and kicked him off while well, there was this, another female there. And, uh, she got caught for not being Mexican and not having her papers, but she claimed that my dad was her husband. And so they all got thrown in a Mexican house prison. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, his story is super long, but just, it's so interesting. I just could hear him. I, I hope he writes a book or <laughs> talks about it. That would be, or, that'd be fun. Yeah, to, for to, sure. For you to yeah. be able to have that. And to as have well. that. And, yeah. So, um, he escaped that Mexican house prison with a couple other people and made a run for it. And somehow, long story short, he ended up in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> That's nowhere close to Mexico I know. or anything. <laughs> Literally they, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> they have different housing options when you get to the border and whatnot that'll okay. house immigrants and get them jobs and things like that. And so I think, long story short, he had to switch to a different house and... When you're an immigrant and you don't have any money, you don't ask questions or get to pick where you go. Right. Right. You're hitching rides with people. You're, you don't understand the language. He learned English in six months. I, I know. I, that floors me. He's so intelligent. We, here in America, we don't learn English in he, six months. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, we, we spend 12 plus years in school yeah, trying to yeah. figure this thing out. Yeah. So he learned That's English amazing. in six months. And so he ended up in Des Moines. And uh, my mom was your typical feminist hippie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> volunteering at a nuclear disarmament group. And uh -huh. I don't know why my dad was there. I think he said it was just to volunteer and learn more English and just surround himself. He he likes to submerge himself in culture and hmm. learn and stuff like that. And we still talk in the middle of Iowa here yes, at this point. This is in Des Moines. So, so that's so, where they met. Submerging himself in culture in, yeah, in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, Iowan uh, culture. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to be negative against <laughs> Iowa. It's just, you know, if, if you're going <laughs> <Right. laughs> to come to America. 
Don't go to Iowa. <laughs> I mean, I guess th- th- that's the heart of American culture, but it's yes. not what right. you, you think about. Right. But sorry. For I, sure. Sorry. No, I, I, I kind of went completely off here. <laughs> so uh, my mom did not like Hispanic people. They are, the stereotype is like they're macho and they mm-hmm. think, you know, they are the head of the house and... My mom was like, "Uh, uh-uh, you're not going to tell me what to do. <laughs> Very feisty, fiery little redhead, um, which I don't look like I'm the daughter of a redhead. but Not at all. I no. am. <laughs> um, so they met, and my dad, my dad fell in love with her first and would write her, like, cute little broken English love poems, <laughs> which is hilarious. I would love to see one of those. I know. I need to, I need to dig them out, but they're so cute. And so my mom got to a point, though, where she realized, like, I don't want him to get deported. That's Uh going on in her mind. And she'd, you know, fallen back in love with him, too. And so my dad literally proposed and said, "Um, do you want to get married? And she's like, yeah. And six months later, she bought her own wedding ring and they got married. And my dad met his father-in-law on the day of the wedding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I'm trying to ingest all this here. Yes. Yeah. This is, <laughs> I want to say that how romantic to all of this, uh, but not. It, 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 certainly this is not your typical Hollywood love story. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> but, but in reality, yeah, though, I mean, he didn't have money to buy her wedding ring, so but, he just, yeah. And he started off here working in meat packing plant and as, as a translator, and they wanted him to also do some of the dirty work. Well, my dad thinks of himself in a good way. He's a very humble man, Christ-fearing man. He's amazing when it comes to that. But he's like, "You didn't. If you're, if I'm gonna do that, you're gonna pay me more." And mm. you know, he's an immigrant, and they'll take advantage if they can. They're like, "We're not gonna do that." But he he recognized his value. He in did. Life. He did, and that's so important. And he quit. Um, and got involved in a couple other things. So for their honeymoon, it was three months in Guatemala just to kind of prove that, you know, we always joke, you just married mom for your papers, but that's not true because <laughs> they're like 25, 26 years strong. So <laughs> it worked with four kids, it worked out. <laughs> they have supported each other over the years. You know, my mom wanted to be in nursing school. So my dad worked for a phone company, always excelled there and put her through nursing school. And then my dad decided he wanted to be a computer software engineer. And so my mom worked full time, night shift, OB, put him through school. And we lived in Rolla, Missouri. And he graduated. And another God blessing, he got a job at Cat and Peoria straight out of college. And so we all, he moved here five months before us, but we okay. all moved to Peoria. And he's been working at Cat. And then after that, he put my mom back through school to become a midwife. And she is now the director of the birth center here in Bloomington, which is the only other freestanding birth center in all of Illinois. Wow. The other ones in, in Chicago. So my parents are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, that's an incredible story. Now, how, how old were you when your dad decided to go after uh, the, the computer software? Uh, I want to say eight or nine. 
So um, you, how how aware were you at that age of what was even happening there and, and what your dad was doing? I've always been kind of a little adult. I didn't like to play with toys. I didn't like to go play with other kids. I loved spending time with my mom and listening to her grown-up conversations. And so that's just always, I think, been part of my personality. <laughs> And being the oldest, I'm the oldest of four. So um, I'm 24, going on 25 in June. My brother just turned, he'll be 23 this year. And then I have a 16 and a 14-year-old little sister. So when I was nine, uh, 2003 is when my little Gabby was born. (laughs) And then 10 years old is when Ellie was born. So by 10, I already had three younger siblings. And having parents in school full-time and working full-time, I got a lot of the responsibility of Mm -hmm. helping take care of them. So very aware of what was going on and happening. Um, Probably 11 to 13, 14, didn't really appreciate, you know, when you're a teenager, you're just very, they think little kids are selfish, but teenagers are also extremely selfish. So I just didn't always focus. uh, Yeah. Teenagers are more... More so. They definitely are. I mean, they absorbed in their friends. And when I was 14, new technology coming out. My first phone was a Blackberry Pearl. (laughs) (laughs) I was awesome. Um, So you don't appreciate it as much then. But looking back and about all the things that my parents have done for themselves and for our family is just eye-opening. And... One of the reasons coming back that I love News Bomb is we focus on excellence here. Be the best that you can possibly be. God calls us to be excellent. And I have seen that in both of my parents' lives and why I'm so thankful for them is they strive for that. They're human. They're not perfect parents. They're not perfect spouses to each other. But they're the best that they can be in that day and they understand that God makes up the rest and they're constant examples of God's goodness to me. So I could not say more amazing things about what they've done for me and our family. So love you, mom and dad. <laughs> and someday I would love to go back and hear even more of, of that story. And I, yeah. I would read that book if your dad did, did do that. I think there's so much experience there that you've gone through that's, that's unique to you and your story. And your ability to to share that here in in, in this you yeah. know, conversation, but to also carry that with you mm-hmm. as you know you're in this role as a performance coach, um, but then carrying on as a driver. You know, who knows if you know driving will still be what you're doing in right. ten years or not. But right. um, but maybe we'll see you in the office more by that point. But I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, no. uh, but. You don't seem, you look 24, I mean, as far as that goes, but yeah. your your personality and, and the kind of wisdom and the way you carry yourself, I think, speaks of more wisdom, more age there than what you actually have. But yeah. is there anything else, Maya, that you would like to share uh, maybe as um, an encouragement to others or um, maybe a... a anecdote um kind of going what we were what we were just talking about i would just encourage other drivers people in the office 
life in general, if you don't even work at Newsbomb, but you just listen to it, mm-hmm. the podcast, be excellent. Be kind. Kindness is free. And that's one thing that, especially as a driver out on the road, I don't always say kind things to the four-wheeler cutting me off in front of me. <laughs> but in my day-to-day experiences, um, I like to view every interaction even with strangers, as an opportunity to make a new friend, even if it's just a new friend for a day or five minutes. And we're out here to represent Christ. We're out here to spread his love. Our two greatest commandments are to love the Lord and to love other people. And it's not always easy, and it's something that I fall short of every single day. Um, People that I don't feel like being kind to because of whatever reason. Um... And just our culture, I think we're quick to make judgments. Um, but I think kindness is one of the best, and love for other people is one of the best things mm-hmm. that you can do. And your attitude, it's easy to fall into the negative and the poor me. And part of why I love my mom and my dad's story is they had, from their personal background, which we didn't get into, they could have the poor me story. Mm-hmm. They could stay where they were and not, improve on anything or reach for their dreams or their goals but they didn't stay stuck in that they reached they aspired Mm -hmm. they made it and what a difference that would have made for you exactly had they had that and they realized also that they made it because of what christ has done for them Mm -hmm. and not to be a preacher here and i'm not gonna if i see you and you don't want to hear about jesus i'm not gonna shove him down your throat but (laughs) for me personally in my day-to-day life, I just see the little gifts that he gives me, whether that's making a grumpy person smile (laughs) (laughs) or making a driver's day when they've had a really bad one and they just need somebody to talk to Mm -hmm. or, you know, helping out my, I think of my sisters as my little girls sometimes because of how young I was when my mom had them. They're my babies too. And just all different types of life experience, love others, love people, Try and have a good attitude and pray about the things that you struggle with because God gives gifts to his children. And that's one thing that I'm living proof of is that he's gifted me with my family, with my job, with my friends, with my boyfriend, and all those other good things. So, yeah, that's what I got for you. (laughs) Maya, you've given so much more than I ever could have asked for so thank you for taking the time here and yeah. and pouring yourself out like that and really appreciate having you here yeah, and in the thanks. office and <laughs> everything so look forward to seeing how that develops and we'll see you around here a little bit more too hopefully <laughs> thanks Maya thanks Bill you've been listening to Terminal Exchange the official podcast show of Newsbom Transportation Newsbom is a recognized leader in over the road freight transportation. For more information on Newsbomb's dedicated and truckload services, visit newsbomb.com. Drivers can expect different when driving for Newsbomb. Top pay, weekly guarantees, and excellent equipment are just the beginning. At Newsbomb, you're not just an employee, you're an employee owner. Find out more about driving for Newsbomb at newsbombjobs.com and hit apply now. Drive with purpose, drive with Newsbomb. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. With new episodes arriving every Tuesday, don't let FOMO get the best of you. Subscribe to our show anywhere you listen to podcasts to get every exchange as soon as it's released. Then go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.